pop the champagne, deck the halls and light a pudding on fire. And while you're at it, you might want to change the tyres on your car. Yes, it's time for a very special Christmas record next on One Dollar Vinyl. Light a pudding on fire? What does that mean? <laughs> do you do that? <laughs> no. You, know, you light, you warm up oh, the brandy. Oh, you put like brandy on and it then and then you, you, you put a match. flambe. Yeah. Oh. We've done it a few times. Um, yeah. But I think we've decided not to do it anymore because it's never, like, we've never actually burnt the house down, but it's always sort of disaster adjacent. Like, <laughs> the brandy, like, <laughs> will, like, leak onto the tablecloth or something and then we're, like, <laughs> batting at it with tea towels. And oh, dear. It's always, um, you know, a conversation starter. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, case in point. <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome uh, to One Dollar Vinyl, a very special Christmas bonus episode. This is the podcast where us two millennial cheapskates uh, discover the forgotten music of the past and get all our presents for everyone from the op shop. My name is Tess <laughs> and joining me once again is my helpful uh, little elf of a <laughs> co-host, <laughs> I was trying to think of something Christmassy. I didn't realize how derogatory yeah, that would sound. Yeah, no, I'm definitely an elf. Definitely an elf. Don't know how helpful I am, but uh, <laughs> maybe more mischievous. Uh, welcome back, Kat. Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you. Merry Christmas to you as well. Are you in the in the Christmas spirit? Um, getting there, getting there. Just um, looking forward to spending a little bit of time with family. Actually. Yeah, me too. Yep, after some I, bit of a bit of a, a a tricky year, honestly. Yeah, I think that that's probably the most polite way you could have put that. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an absolute bastard of a few years, really, yeah. hasn't it? Mm. Um, and hopefully, Omicron Omicron won't come and uh, ruin everyone's Christmas plans. Yeah, like I hope so. Like, yeah, <laughs> just like shut up, Tess. It's uh, listening. Yeah. It's on the naughty list. Yeah, Cat. <laughs> uh, I uh, I got you something. What? I got you a Christmas present. You did? Tell yeah. me. Show me. What is okay, it? You ready? I love presents. Mary, it's not wrapped. I'll just hold it up. Oh, okay. Can you see it? Oh, the hell. <laughs> Mrs. Mills party sing along. It's Mrs. Mills. Yay. Tell me what you see. Okay, so I see one, two, three, four, five. Images, same images of Mrs. Mills just beaming, just staring at the camera, looking at sheet music, having a great time. Is it Christmassy music? Uh, no, just Mrs. Mills. Oh, just, it's general just Mrs. generally Mills, Mrs. Mills. The same, yeah, on-brand Mrs. Mills stuff. But yeah, she's in a, a sort of a, a black background and it's like a kaleidoscope, isn't it, that it's been it is, repeated it around. And it also it reminds me of um, the Bohemian Rhapsody video. <laughs> That is 100% what it looks like. <laughs> oh, my God. Can, now I'm imagining Mrs. Mills just singing <laughs> singing um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. That's amazing. Just thumping it out on the piano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the honky tonk. So, so is this can mine? In... Can I add this That's to my for collection? you. That's for you. I found oh. it at the shop. Oh, thanks, so Tess. That, you can um, put it on for all your Christmas parties. I will. Everyone knows that if anyone knows how to throw a party, it's Mrs. Mills. It is Mrs. Mills. Now, I feel bad because I didn't get you anything, but let me just uh, nip to my record collection. I'll give you a crappy record as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it. Okay, great. Kat, we've got a very special Christmas record for today's bonus episode. Should we launch in and start talking about it? Let's dive right in. Today, we have the Good Year Great Songs of Christmas by 10 Great Artists of Our Time album, uh, Volume 2, and it's from 1962. And Did you say Good Year? That's right. I hope you didn't miss that. It is sponsored by Good Year. 
How? There's the logo prominent on the front and it's also on the back. What? And that is Goodyear the Tire Company. But Tess, <laughs> I don't understand. Why on earth would Goodyear release a, an album of any kind, let alone a Christmas album? Well, as it turns out, the Goodyear Christmas album was a grand tradition, I suppose, in the 60s and 70s. Every year they had a Goodyear compilation of Christmas songs um, and you could buy it in the shop. Which shop? The Goodyear shop? In the, in the tyre shop. So you'd go yeah. in at Christmas time to get your, your tyres fitted. Get your tyres fitted because in the Northern Hemisphere it's like snowy and like it's important to have new tyres? Like, yes, is that- I, I think so. I mean, it's to me it's a genius marketing move. It, it's, mm. I feel like it should have been on an episode of Mad Men if it wasn't. <sighs> um, you know, it's just like someone – I can tell you actually who came up with it. It is a person called Stanley Arnold. Um, oh, yeah. It's his brainchild. Um, and, yeah, you sort of, I guess everyone just became associating in their minds uh, Christmas time as the time to change your tyres and go in and get the Goodyear Christmas album. Um, it was – they sold, like, absolute hotcakes. Um, oh. The first – so the first year it was out, it was 1961, the year before this one that we have. So it's from Columbia Records, and they're all Columbia Records artists in their sort of Columbia sure. stable. Um, the first one did – 100,000 pressings uh, for mid-November and by Thanksgiving, so I think that's like the 11th of November or something, um, they were sold out. Oh, whoa. So the next year they did 200,000 copies um, and customers were strictly limited to buying one per visit. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. And so now, and the thing is, uh, because they're a limited edition and on each album was mostly re-releases of Christmas songs that other artists have done, but there were a few original songs in every album and these albums never made it to digital release or cd or anything like that so they are a little bit of a collector's item now oh there you go so this whole like shtick reminds me of just like you know michelin stars like the idea of like driving out of your way to a restaurant that's really good that was done by another tire company michelin oh my god that's so true i didn't think about that at all that's these tire companies are good at like branding tie-ins, aren't they? And I'll tell you yeah. something even more hilarious. Okay. So at the time, the the main rival company to Goodyear was Firestone. They also did a Christmas record every year <laughs> and it became like the thing. It's like, do you have the Goodyear one or the Firestone one? Oh, my God. But did they copy Goodyear? Yes. Yes. They yeah. started releasing theirs in 1962, but they did it for many years as well. The Goodyear um, records were – there was 17 of them, so 17 consecutive years. So it was right through the ah. 1960s and 70s. Yeah, sorry, I totally just like took us off our usual recipe because <laughs> <laughs> I just got I really, really surprised by that um, tyre company being the the creator of this record. So shall we look at the cover? Yes, yes. Oh, and by the way, so I, um, I don't know how – I think I got gifted this last year. I actually oh, don't okay. remember how I got it. But on Discogs, it's worth about a dollar forty-two. Ah, oh. well, you just talked up all the like rarity and yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I guess, but still, people aren't willing to pay that much for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh man, these things are really rare. I really, really want one, but I goddamn will not pay more than two dollars for one. <laughs> yeah. Prize the money out of my cold, dead, grinchy hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, oh, and yeah, um, not digitised, but you can get it on, you can watch it 
watch it, listen to it on YouTube. Okay, so let's take a look at the cover. It's a pretty boring cover. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, You've got is. a large, large title under the very prominent Goodyear logo. Um, and it's surrounded by square portraits of all the featured artists, a la the Brady Bunch titles. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the track listing all down the side. Um, and the only thing that's like a bit Christmassy is the the C in Christmas is yes. oversized and illustrated with red and gold. It's a bit like uh, in an, an illuminated manuscript, how the first letter is really ornate. That's a great sentence, Tess. Well done. <laughs> I know things. <laughs> Underneath, yeah, the subtitle is that it's the limited edition collector's album created exclusively for Goodyear. So, yeah, I don't know if people were actually collecting these in the hope that they would be worth something one day. Oh, like Beanie Babies? Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and very much like Beanie Babies. <laughs> and then and then no, 50 they years <laughs> 50 years later, they're like, ooh, I've got these mint conditions, great songs of Christmas from Goodyear. Let's see how much they're worth. Aw, $1.40. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, uh, as I found out in my research, they hold great sentimental value for many, many people oh. because they were so common and, and so many people had them in their house and a lot of people were just commenting, this is Christmas to me. This is the sound oh. of Christmas. Yeah. Which, you know, that sentimental value – Priceless. Um, Tess, so I can yes. I can see it just looks like the the artists which are prominent on the front. Is it just white men? Old white men? Old white men and one white woman. Oh one. Oh one yeah. white woman. Okay, very good. Nineteen sixty two, very very impressive. <laughs> So 1962, yeah, this is what you get. Later on, they did get slightly more diverse. They always um, featured a mix of sort of traditional classical Christmas music mm. and more contemporary uh, songs. In future editions, you'd get things artists like Julie Andrews, Mahalia Jackson, Doris Day, Danny Kaye, Sammy Davis Jr., Barbara Streisand, Andy Williams, Bing Crosby, Tony Bennett, Frank Sinatra, The Carpenters... Um, Ella Fitzgerald, Ray Charles, and Australia's own Dame Joan Sutherland. Oh, there you go. Yeah. All in the, um, you know, 17 years after the first one. Yeah, they got a, a bit more into the sort of, that's like the Christmas music to me when I think of like classic Christmas music. I guess it's those 1960s, like the crooners and stuff, right? Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So let's take a little break. And when we get back, we will have a listen to this wonderful tire company Christmas record. This flat tire needs a man, but when there's no man around, when there's no man around, Goodyear should be. Why? Watch All right. this. What Welcome the back. fuck? <laughs> Welcome back to One Dollar Vital. That was a commercial from 1960 for Goodyear Tyres um, that looked a bit like um, something Alfred Hitchcock would have made. Correct. Yes. <laughs> and sounded uh, very sexist. Like, what the hell? Like, okay, I have two thoughts about that. Yeah. You know, a woman can change a tyre, obviously, 1960s, you know, I'm glad I don't live in that time anymore. 
And yeah. two, that actually seems like a very good product. Why don't all tyres have another tyre inside? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I know very little about tyre technology. And to be honest, I'll be honest with you, I have never changed a tyre. I don't know if I would oh. know how to change a tyre, but mm-hmm. I guess, um, you know, now I'd probably just get YouTube out <laughs> and do it if oh, I yeah. had to. <laughs> <laughs> when there's no reception to learn how to change a tyre from a YouTube video... Good thing you've got a tire within a tire. I like how it's um, just totally aimed at the man too. It's oh yeah, absolutely. Like, it's yeah, like keep your give, woman safe. She's your property. Chance. She's your property. You should absolutely take care of her. Invest in your tires, and you'll get the return on your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's what Goodyear was like in 1960-ish. So let's listen to this record, Cat. I'm excited. Yeah, there's a lot of different artists on this. Like I said, this early on in the good year, it's less on the contemporary pop music kind of side and more Mm. on the classical artists. At first, we're going to listen to two songs that are both um, by Eileen Farrell. Mm -hmm. Um, Eileen Farrell was an American soprano. She enjoyed nearly 60 years, uh, a 60-year long running career, both in classical and popular music. Um, her a parents really long time, like a really, yeah. really long time. My God. It is. Yeah. Um, her parents were vaudeville performers called the singing oh. O'Farrells. Oh. We, uh, now Kat, um, I think I have to preface like all of this talking about this record, um, by saying that I have a very minimal religious education. Okay. And most of what I learned was from a few, you know, scant scripture lessons in primary school, sure. um, in most of which was just sort of like colouring in pictures of Jesus. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, I'm going to do my best. I know that you have a Catholic education, right? Yeah, I went to church every Sunday. I was an altar girl. You were? Yep. What's your best memory as an altar girl? Uh, ringing the gong. I see. I didn't even know there was a gong in church. Yep. There's like a certain part in the church (laughs) where the priest like raises something up in the air and you just like bong. Oh, that does sound like fun. Did you all fight over that duty? Uh, Not so much fight as we were like good Catholic kids, but it was just like (laughs) um, if there were, because there were three gongs during the mass and Mm -hmm. if there were three of us, like we would like pass it down so that each one of us got a turn. (laughs) Yeah. That's generous. Yeah. (laughs) Did you ever get to swing the incense? No, God, no, God, Tess. I would, <laughs> I would never even. <laughs> Is that much more of a um, a highly sought <laughs> after job? That's a senior altar boy job. No, I don't even oh, okay. know. I think only the priest does it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, look. Feel free to jump in and correct me if I All get right, any I of this is mm-hmm. uh, Christian stuff wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my best. So we're going to listen to "It Came Upon a Midnight Clear." Um, and that is from a, an 1849 poem written by a pastor of the Unitarian Church in Wayland, Massachusetts. His name was Edmund Sears, and the music is by Richard Storrs Willis. Um, it's a song about the angels coming down and delivering a message of hope from God to a world that is weary with the crushing burdens of life, um, but it is unusual for its time because it's actually about kind of contemporary issues rather than biblical times. So it's actually Ah. about, he wrote it about um, at the time that he wrote it, uh, there was revolution in Europe and the US-Mexico war had just sort of wrapped up. And so he was, uh, you know, generally stressed out about all that sort of stuff. And, And, you know, women's tires were getting punctured and 
they lacked the <laughs> the wherewithal. To, I think it was some time before that, but um, <laughs> uh, maybe you know horses were throwing shoes all over the place. Sure, sure. <laughs> and then after that, we're going to listen to Coventry Carol, and that's a mess. Uh, it's a melody that dates back to 1591 England, so really oh. long time ago. It's about a woman called Carol Coventry Carol. Uh, yeah, Co- yeah, you know Coventry Carol. Yeah. <laughs> She lives in Coventry. Um, It is, in fact, about uh, protecting – the lyrics are about protecting baby Jesus from being slayed by King Herod. And according to Wikipedia, that's from the Gospel of Matthew. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's known as the Massacre of the Innocents. Mm. Um, (laughs) And it's traditionally a choral song, sung by a choir, um, and it is – a traditional part of a mystery play. Now, when I say mystery play, that's not like Agatha Christie, Sherlock Holmes mystery. That is what like I thought. Lead pipe in the library. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> it's actually the earliest form of formal theatre in Europe um, in medieval times, and it was uh, involved doing sort of biblical tableaus and songs. What? Why is it a mystery? Or is that's it just like what it's called. It's just one of those just words like, that's changed over time, I think. They've got dry ice going and it's all covered in mist. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mist, I'm pretty a sure misty I'm right. replay. Pretty sure that is what it is. <laughs> anyway, so look, that that was the information about those songs that I was able to find. I'm going to say I don't know much about classical music and I don't really feel equipped to criticize it. So because it's Christmas, I'm going to do something a little bit different today, Kat. We're, while we listen to these songs, Without much further ado, may I present the one dollar vinyl Christmas story. Ooh, so no critiquing, just story. I love this. In a foreign land, far, far away many, many years ago, there lived a young woman named Wendy Carlos. Wendy was a good and pious woman and a diligent worker. For long hours she would kneel at her Moog synthesizer, toiling away to make intricate and beautiful compositions that she would sell at market to earn her a modest living. One morning with the sun streaming in across the dirt floor of her humble home, there was a flash of blinding light and a brilliant apparition appeared in her doorway. It had a booming voice, as deep and smooth as a strong cup of dill martini. <laughs> Wendy quaked in fear. Do not be afraid, my child. I am the Angel Kamal, and I bear a very important message for you. Christmas is Jesus and people and things. He he held his palms aloft in a gesture of peace. What the F are you talking about, Kamal? (laughs) Spoketh Wendy. That lyric makes no sense. I mean to tell you that you will give birth to a very special thing, Wendy. Your baby will change the world. Uh, this is actually my best Kamal impression, by the way. I'm trying. <laughs> I can't get it deep. <laughs> it will be more powerful than any king that has ever come before. Wendy was betrothed to be wed to a young local man by the name of Tony Barber. <laughs> he was good and kind, a shit-hot whistler, and he worked an honest job as the host of Australia's richest game show quiz sale of the century. <laughs> when Wendy told Tony Barber of her vision, she was surprised to find that he too had been visited by the angel Kamal. They decided they should travel by donkey to the town of Rochester, New York, <laughs> just for the fuck of it. 
kind of like a baby moon. Wendy placed her hands on her belly and felt the wondrous creativity growing within her. She would have a long journey ahead, and she prayed that she would have the strength that she would need to endure it. In a back alley somewhere in the mean streets of Regina, Saskatchewan, the brand Streetheart were smoking cigarettes and doing graffiti on the walls. <laughs> doing Suddenly, graffiti. a host of angels filled the sky. Hello, the angels chorused in unison. Do not be afraid. We are just bringing you a small message and then we'll be going, yeah? <laughs> the, angel, the, the angels were dressed in matching flowing white robes with lots of lacy frilly bits. We are the band Pussycat, and you'll travel to the hallowed grounds of America, where you can hear a country song from far and someone played a honky tonk guitar. <laughs> Please excuse my Dutch accent too. <laughs> Pussycat explained that a baby would soon be born that would change the course of the world forever. They would find that baby in America, wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. But where in America? Uh. We're not really that clear on the geography. None of us have ever been, but we're here. It's super cool. <laughs> they told the band to follow the brightest star for many days and nights, which would lead them to the baby. And in a cloud of dry ice, Wendy had disappeared. <laughs> Wendy Carlos and Tony Barber had been traveling for many days and nights. Tired and footsore, they finally arrived in the town of Rochester, New York. Wendy was barely able to keep upright. Tony could see her baby would come any moment soon. He banged on the doors of all the inns across town. Please, he called. I need a room, any room you have. At the last inn on the street, he begged the innkeeper for a place to stay. The innkeeper, Bat McGrath, strummed his guitar casually and scratched his full beard. Well, he said, I've got a big backyard and I like to party hard. <laughs> <laughs> you can stay out there if you like. Can I get you folks anything? Wendy clutched at her side and panted. Just a Moog synthesizer, if you have one. <laughs> they stumbled into the barn out the back of the Rochester Hotel. It was humble, but warm and dry. And to be honest, the wings and the spaghetti on the bar menu looked pretty good. As the night wore on, Wendy's baby would come into the world. Programmed one note at a time. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> also, maybe is this too self-indulgent? <laughs> <laughs> I do think there's probably going to be about three people in the whole world that are going to understand all the references, and there's more coming, by the way. Oh my gosh! Um, and and to, you're one of them. So. <laughs> if anyone, if anyone out there is understanding all these references, we thank you so much. <laughs> that you was get genius, the prize. Tess. <laughs> oh, hang on, cat. There's more. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, look, shall we listen to the next song? Uh, sure. Okay, so this is, um, we're going to listen to Silent Night, and it's by Earl Wrightson. And Earl Wrightson was a mid-century American singer and actor. He's actually best known for his work in musical theatre. He was in a lot of musical theatre. And the carol, Silent Night, which we all know, was first presented on Christmas Eve in 1818 by a young priest. His name was Joseph Moore uh, in St. Nicholas Parish in Obendorf, a village in the Austrian Empire on the Salzach River in present-day Austria. Uh, Joseph Moore had already written the poem and they'd written the music. I think it was maybe some old music. Uh, and they had planned to play it on the organ, but they'd found that the organ had broken down. Now, some accounts say that it was because the nearby river had flooded 
and and broken the organ that way. Some accounts say that it was incapacitated by mice, oh. <laughs> which is a very <laughs> cute little image of Christmas mice eating an organ. Um, but what happened is that they then, by necessity, had to perform this as a three-part vocal with just an acoustic guitar. Hmm. And it was such a hit that the organ repairist who was in attendance took it back to his hometown and from there it spread across the world. It's been translated into many, many languages. And we all still sing it today. The original viral song. Yeah. But that is literally all I have to say about that song. Okay. (laughs) And about Earl Wrightson. Okay. So... Let's go back to the story. Yes. <laughs> In the greying dawn of the morning, Wendy Carlos lay spent and exhausted on a bed of hay. Tony Barber tenderly held her hand and sung softly to her. Hello, darkness, my old friend! <laughs> <laughs> Wendy's baby lay wrapped in cloth in the manger. The animals watched peacefully, as if understanding the important moment in music history they had witnessed that evening. As the first fingers of golden dawn stretched across the hay-strewn floor, there arrived visitors. Streetheart, clad in really tough leather jackets, arrived and knelt before Wendy and the baby. Also in attendance were three wise men from lands far away. Their names were Joey Scarberry, Bertie Higgins, and Renato Pagliari. <laughs> we have bought gifts, they bowed. Gold records. <laughs> An eight ball of cocaine. And <laughs> just one cornetto. <laughs> they lay the gifts at the foot of the manger and a quiet peace settled over the scene. My love, Tony Barber asked. What shall you call your baby? Wendy Carlos looked at the vinyl LP lying wrapped in cloth in the manger and (laughs) smiled beatifically. It shall be named Switched on Bark. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Tess, I didn't want to let you have all the fun today in creating your $1 vinyl Christmas story. I have decided, I have decided to create a bit of a Christmas cocktail uh, for. Ooh, we love a cocktail on Christmas. Uh huh. This one is called the Bertie Higgins. As we know, (laughs) Bertie Bertie is a, you know, tropical island living, loving, cool dude. So, here's how we create the Bertie Higgins. First. Oh, okay, good. I've got my In liquor co- cabinet here. I'll, I'll do it as we okay, talk. Okay, good. Yep. <laughs> so first, get your cocktail shaker, add some okay. pineapple juice, some passion fruit puree, some lime juice, some white rum, also some coconut rum, and some ice. Then shake, 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 shake. While you're shaking, grab your favorite tiki mug and prepare the glass by dipping the rim in a huge pile of cocaine. <laughs> Next, pour the drink into the mug, garnish with a wedge of pineapple, a little umbrella, and then mm. sprinkle some more cocaine on the top. Oh, yes. To enjoy, <laughs> snort the cocaine off the rim and <laughs> guzzle it down. 
That sounds bloody delicious. That and if that's bloody... not going to get you into the Christmas spirit, then I don't know what will. <laughs> well, actually, perhaps for those of you who do not like alcohol or can't have it for any reason. I've oh, yeah. Also Is there a created... virgin uh, option? Yeah, there's a virgin uh, Birdie Higgins. This one's called the John Laws. And it's for okay. truckers to, to stay awake during their long drives. So essentially the ingredients are the same, except you replace the alcohol with coconut water and soda water and mm. replace the cocaine with crushed up no-dos. Oh, nice. And then you have the John Laws. I feel like you could also call that the motivating man. Yes, that's true. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to add both of those to my Christmas menu. Absolutely. Shall we hear another Christmas carol? I would love to. All right, well, now we're going to listen to Deck the Halls by the Philadelphia Orchestra. The conductor for this um, rendition is Eugene Ormandy. Deck the Halls is actually a traditional Welsh melody and it predates Christianity in England. Like many Christmas traditions, it is, you know, like an old pagan thing that's been incorporated into the the festivities. It was originally called Nos Galen and it was actually originally about New Year's Eve. Now in 1862 a a Scottish musician named Thomas Oliphant um, came along and wrote the English lyrics and he didn't translate them from Welsh but he tried to write something that was in the spirit apparently. Mm -hmm. So he changed it from being about New Year's Eve to being about Christmas and Kat, the lyrics were all about getting smashed so (laughs) works maybe quite well with uh, your uh, previous cocktail (laughs) recipes later on in 1877 it appears written down in the pennsylvania school journal um so this is an american version um and it changed all the lyrics about getting drunk to you know something a bit more wholesome (laughs) so um thomas oliphant's lyrics fill the mead cup and drain the barrel becomes Don we now our gay apparel. Ah. Uh, see the flowing bowl before us becomes see the blazing yule before us. Uh-huh. And laughing, quaffing all together becomes sing we joyous all together. Um, can I just say that I kind of prefer the getting drunk one. <laughs> yeah. It's way more fun. <laughs> Definitely more fun. I mean, would you rather watch a log on fire or have a full overflowing cup of mead with all your friends. I freaking want mead. So um, this version also changes the lyrics of Yuletide to Christmas. So it erases all that because Yule is a a pre-Christianity thing as well. Mm. But now we all sing Yuletide anyway. Yule's gone back into the lyrics. So that's an interesting thing. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Let's go back to what matters. Many years after the release of Switched On Bark, in a far northern land where the night sky glows brilliant with swirling dancing lights, a workshop lays nestled in the sugar-like snowdrifts. Inside it is warm and cosy. It smells like cocoa and peppermint. The tapping of tiny hammers ring like bells throughout the workshop, while many tiny hands toil away making presents for all the boys and girls of the world to celebrate a very special day. Ho, ho, ho! A jolly man clad in velvet saunters across the room, baton in hand. I see we are almost ready for our special day. The anniversary of the day Wendy Carlos's Switched On Bach was released <laughs> unto the world. <laughs> James Laster Claus held, lo- <laughs> held a long list with many names. I see little Susie will be getting a Steel Ice Span record. <laughs> 
an Emily Jackson record for young Bobby this year. He's been very good. Oh, but I'm afraid young Mark Holden has been very naughty indeed. <laughs> he shall receive a lump of coal in his stocking for being such a gross little perv on his <laughs> album. It made me feel all yuck. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> James Laster Claus called out to his foreman. Masayoshi Takanaka-san, mm -hmm. keep up the good work. We want all these $1 vinyls to be ready by Switched Must Day. Takanaka-san nodded and shredded an amazing guitar solo in his <laughs> Lagoon, Lagoon Blue Yamaha SG. <laughs> the Rainbow Goblins sprang up energized. The bright paints on their brushes glistened in the candlelight as they worked long into the night. Mrs. Mills de Claw sat down at the <laughs> piano and thumped out a merry party song. As the twinkling notes rang across the room, James Lasterclaws began to dance. And like every year, he would not stop dancing, not until all the one dollar vinyls had been delivered on Switchmas Day. So I've got a bit of a treat for us, Tess. It oh, is Yes. It is a one dollar bonbon. Oh yes. Bonbons, Christmas crackers laid carefully on the Christmas table. Yes, and these were the absolute cheapest ones. So, <laughs> do you want to pull it with me? Please. Let's uh, reach our hands over the Zoom connection. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't ruin the illusion. We could the be in illusion, the same room. Yeah. All right. No, that's right. We're at a, a, a beautifully laid Christmas table. Okay, okay, make sure you hold on to the, the bang bit. The little tab. Yep. Yeah. Okay, ready? Yeah. Bang. One. <laughs> Kabang. <laughs> oh, Kat, what is inside? <laughs> well, I got the biggest part, so I get to read the shitty jokes. Oh, yes, hit me. <laughs> what is the most masculine way to move headwear around New York City? I don't know, Kat. What is the most masculine way <laughs> to move? What is it? Headwear around yep. New York City? The Manhattan transfer. Oh, and like any good... Bonbon joke. It's got to make you groan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's that's the entire point. <laughs> that's the point. Okay. Um, I've got another one. Who is Bat McGrath's favorite superhero? <laughs> Who? Black Widow, because she's the spy. Oh, okay, good. I thought you were going to go something else. All right. Well, follow-up <laughs> joke. Who is Bat McGrath's okay. least favorite superhero? Who? Batman. You'd think it's because they have the same name, but it's actually because his only superpower is just being rich. He's a shit superhero. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I enjoyed those. Very good. I'm gonna I'm gonna put those inside our Christmas crackers. It's got to be better than what's already in there. Yeah, that's right. Also, you get um as we pulled the bonbon, you got tiny little um hunky uh like male models playing instruments terribly, like in the dance like a mother film clip. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> I'm gonna. For sure, hang those on my Christmas tree. <laughs> no, you're going to look at them and go, oh, yeah, okay, and then immediately throw them out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Into the trash you go. <laughs> All right, Kat. Well, I think it's time to listen to another Christmas song from oh. our Tire Company record. Yes, please. I hope you're not getting too tired of these. Oh, that was something. Pretty bad. That's why we're here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, Kat, uh, next we're going to listen to two songs. We're going to listen to God Mess. God Mess. God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen um, by Andre Previn. And then we're going to listen to Good King Wences by the Mormon, Mormon Tabernacle Choir. I think I've had too many uh, Bertie Higgins cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, first of all, Andre Previn, he's a German-American pianist, composer, and conductor. He had a very prolific career in 
um, lots of different styles of music, classical jazz, and also in film composing. He's won four Academy Awards, um, including one for the soundtrack of My Fair Lady. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and he was also once married to Mia Farrow. Oh. He is... um, they had a few kids together, including he is the adopted father of Sunyi Previn, who would go on to marry her stepfather, Woody Allen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Okay. Yep. I get that now. Yeah. And apparently he's disowned her um, oh. as, you know, a result of that, Ooh. which is a bit sad. Well, yeah. it's all very messy, isn't it? So, God Rest You, Merry Gentlemen is a traditional English carol dating back as far as the 1650s. Um, that phrase, God Rest You, Merry Gentlemen, means... May God grant you peace and happiness. Um, it's a phrase that it it actually appears in Shakespeare's As You Like It. Mm. And this carol appears in um, Dickens's A Christmas Carol. There's a reference to it. Huh. And um, for those of you um, word nerds out there, uh, the so if you say God rest ye merry gentlemen, which I think is what I just said, that's actually incorrect. It's a pseudo archaism. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm just going to get my nerd glasses on here. Uh, ye would never have been correct. Oh, can I guess? Can I guess? S- oh yes, please. Is it thou? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's you. It's just you. Oh. Um, ye is a subjective normative pronoun only. Never an objective accusative pronoun. I don't know what that That's means. That's what I was going to say. Someone out there will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my next guess. <laughs> yeah. So now we're going to listen to Good King Wences. Um, and this is uh, sung by the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. The Mormon Tabernacle Choir is like one of the most famous choirs in America. It's been performing for over 100 years at the Salt Lake Tabernacle, um, which is just like a you know gigantic um, Latter-day Saints church. Kat, if you want to join... The Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Uh, well, you can't because. Oh, prospe- <laughs> but I do. I so do. <laughs> Prospective singers, they have to be number one, LDS church members, which is mm-hmm. probably fair enough. Um, you have to be eligible for temple recommends, which is something to do with, you know, their religion. Um, mm-hmm. You have to be between the ages of 25 and 55 at the start of your choir service, and you have to live within 100 miles of the temple square. In Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Yeah, right. So it's quite the criteria. Yeah. Uh, But they're very, yeah, very well-known choir. They've sung at a bunch of, like, president inaugurations. Huh. And I had no idea. The carol, yeah, Good King Wences, um, it tells a story of a bohemian king going on a journey and braving harsh winter weather to give alms to a poor peasant on the Feast of Stephen, which is December 26th, the second day of Christmas. Um, During this journey, his page, which is like, you know, a lackey, is about to give up the struggle against the cold weather, but he is enabled to continue by following in the king's footsteps step for step through the deep snow. You know, I have nothing really to say about it other than what I could find on wiki. And Honestly, like hearing you tell me that uh, little synopsis, like it's made me realize that I truly have never listened to the lyrics of this song. Like, I vaguely know them, but I have never tried to understand like, what on earth they're talking about. Yeah, I always just knew the first uh, two lines up to yep. Feast of Stephen, the and then the rest of it is just bom, 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 bom. <laughs> <laughs> Something, something, even. That's right, yeah. <laughs> even Stevens. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, let's have a listen. On Switchmas Eve, 
Paul Nicholas was huddled over his desk, wrapped in a thin blanket, his bony fingers poring over the album charts from the year. He was too miserly to even light a fire, and his employees, Jenny Mathias and Melissa Ritter from Dance Like a Mother, shivered at their desks. Please, Mr Nicholas, could we not go home early this afternoon? <laughs> it's switched Miss Eve, you see, and our tiny one-hit wonder, You Ain't So Tough, isn't charting too well these days. <laughs> it might not be strong enough to make it through the winter. This, well, this may be our last switch miss together, you see. Bah! And humbug, Paul Nicholas grunted. Switched Miss Eve, what a load of nonsense. Everybody laughing and singing along to old records no one remembers. We need to be making people pay more for vinyl. $38 for a Queen record. $85 for a record by the Beatles. Vinyl collecting should be gatekept by the wealthy. How can you say that? Dance like a mother scolded. If cheap, if cheap and secondhand vinyl wasn't celebrated, one-hit wonders like ours would... Well... They would die, sir. So be it. If they're going to die, they should do it and decrease the surplus population of music. <laughs> that evening, Paul Nicholas was visited three times by ghosts. They were the Manhattan transfer, and each <laughs> visit was more upsetting and distressing than the last. Be gone, foul apparitions! Paul Nicholas shouted. He was upset and confused. What genre art thou? <laughs> and why... <laughs> Do I not understand if you're really uncool or if you're actually good? <laughs> oh, spirits, why must you torment me? The Manhattan Transfer answered in silky, smooth, harmonious a cappella. We show you a world without $1 vinyl. The power remains with you to change the future. A shooby-doo-wa. <laughs> <laughs> As the first flakes of snow were falling on the quiet houses on Switchmas morning, Paul Nicholas arose with a start. He rushed to the window and threw open the sash. You there, he shouted to a young lad rolling a second-hand LP down the road with a stick. <laughs> what day is it? Today, sir. Why, today is Switchmas Day, sir. Blessed be, I'm not too late then. Tell me, boy, is that copy of Switched On Bark still in the window of Salvos? <laughs> yes, it is, sir. <laughs> and how much does it cost, boy? Why, it's only one dollar, sir. <laughs> Good lad. And with that, Paul Nicholas threw down a single gold coin to the boy. You buy that record and deliver it to the ladies from Dance Like a Mother. They shall have the best Switchmas dinner ever. And their tiny one-hit wonder shall live on. <laughs> he grabbed his weird top hat and cane, a dreadful gimmick, even he would admit, but he had to get it he had to appear interesting somehow. <laughs> and flung himself downstairs out into the street, where the Moog synthesizers rang out of every window in every home. <laughs> Merry switch to us, he cried. Merry switch to us to all <laughs> And Kat, that is the one dollar vinyl Christmas story. I do hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> oh. That was wonderful, Tess. And that is my Christmas gift to the world. And like I said, <laughs> I think about three people in the entire planet will understand what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But those three people, oh boy, that is the best <laughs> Christmas gift ever. Um, all right. Well, let's take a little break. Uh, when we get back, we'll talk a little bit about this record that I ignored for the last <laughs> several minutes. <laughs> Thank you. 
night before Christmas, when all through the castle, my monsters were having a yuletide hassle. The tree was all trimmed in ghoulish things, like werewolf fangs and vampire wings. But they were up to no good. Didn't act like good monsters should. They found themselves a new prey. They planned to rob Santa's sleigh. They were making a list. And God, he hasn't even like twice. changed the melody. Like, like he's no, it's, it's just precisely the same. Yeah. the same. Welcome back to One Dollar Vinyl. You just heard "Monsters Holiday" by Boris, no, Bobby Boris Pickett. Uh, released that was released in 1962, so the same year as our record, huh. and it was released the same year as the original Monster Mash that we all knew. Um, Monster Mash was released in August, um, which by Halloween time had gone to number one. Um, and this Christmas version, which, um, yeah, he's just capitalising on the success of Monster, Monster Mash, uh, that peaked at number 30. Um, Jeez, that's but, even you know, higher that's, than I thought it would get. Like, Yeah, it's pretty good. That was, that was bloody shameless. Just like, well, I've stumbled acro- across something here. How about I give them the exact same thing with you know christmas lyrics it is 100 uh, percent the same yeah and jingle bells over the yeah over exactly the thing just to make it christmasy i just <gasps> i was so delighted to find that that exists wow. <laughs> and you really got to go and listen to the whole thing we'll link it in the show notes because it is just a delight good find tess so yeah so while while some of the population are going to the tire shop and listening to these distinguished classical numbers <laughs> the rest of the world's listening to monsters <laughs> holiday <laughs> So even though we didn't really uh, go into the music so much, uh, can you give us your insights into what this record is like for you? Yeah, sure. Okay. So as far as classic Christmas songs go, I think these ones are just great. (laughs) I truly have very little to say about it. (laughs) <laughs> except that um, if you were going into a good year to buy tyres for your car in 1962 and you came away with this album, well, Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> it, is, it certainly is a Christmas album. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, honestly, listening to it today, it's something of a nice change to listen to the old Christmas classics. Um, I was, you know, when you're getting a little bit over Mariah and, mm. you know, rocking around the Christmas tree and whatnot, it's actually quite nice to listen to something like this, which is mostly quite uh, soothing and calm. Mm. And yeah, it's nice to listen to like really good musicians make this music. I'm a little bit over modern singers trying to make songs like the little drummer boy sound cool and sexy. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can Eileen Farrell come and, and take Mariah's throne as the queen of Christmas? <laughs> Probably not. But uh, maybe, yeah, chuck on some of these old bangers while you wrap at least some of your presents this year. In my opinion, they do still hold up. Yeah. Well, and, and from my point of view, I can certainly say that they were an excellent uh, background music to a brand new uh, Christmas story. <laughs> a Christmas tradition. Switched Miss tradition. Cat, <laughs> <laughs> um, would you keep this record in your collection? Hell yeah. Like, yeah, you got it for free. If you could get it for a dollar... Like a dollar forty, what'd you say? Yeah, what a what a yeah. bit of fun. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the Goodyear Great Songs of Christmas album two. Please write in and tell us what you think about it. You can hit us up on our social media or you can write to us at one dollar vinyl at gmail.com. 
And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it as a Christmas gift to your <laughs> friends and family. <laughs> we're going to take a little bit of a break after Christmas. And we're going to go and find a few more cheap vinyls and do our research. But we'll be back very soon. We promise it's not going to be as long of a gap as last time. I think weeks or months, not years this time. <laughs> I'm not having a baby this time, so hopefully we can get back to it a bit quicker. But until then, from us at $1 Vinyl to you, Merry Switch. Christmas to all and to all a, a good, good night. Night. Wait. <laughs>